Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Welcome, devotees and everyone. So today we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 8, Dhruva Maharaj Leaves Home, Text 72, and we'll do the word-for-word first. Today, three, Ratra Ante, at the end of night. Today, three, Ratra Ante, at the end of Kapita Badara. Kapita Badara. Fruits and berries. Fruits and berries. Ashanaha. Ashanaha. Eating. Eating. Atmavriti. Atmavriti. Just to preserve the body. Just to preserve the body. Anusarena. Anusarena. As it was necessary. As, as it was necessary. Minimum. Minimum. Masam. Masam. One month. One month. Ninye. Ninye. Passed away. Passed away. Acharyan. Acharyan. 
Worshipping. Worshipping. Harim. Harim. The Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead. Translation and purport by Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai. Jai. The translation for the first month, Dhruva Maharaj ate only fruits and berries on every third day, only to keep his body and soul together. And in this way, he progressed in his worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So if you would like to repeat, for the first month, for the first month, Dhruva Maharaj ate only fruits and berries. Dhruva Maharaj ate only fruits and berries. On every third day. Um, on every third day. Only to keep his body and soul together. Only, only to keep his body and soul together. And in this way he progressed. And in this way he progressed. In his worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In his worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Srila Prabhupada's purport, Srila Prabhupada, ki jai. Jai. Kapita is a flower which is known in Indian vernacular as Kayeta. We do not find an English equivalent for the name of this flower, but its fruit is generally not accepted by human beings. It is eaten by monkeys in the forest. Dhruva Maharaj, however, accepted such fruits, not for luxurious feasting, but just to keep his body and soul together. The body needs food, but a devotee should not accept foodstuff to satisfy the tongue in sense gratification. It is recommended in Bhagavad Gita that one should accept as much food as necessary to keep the body fit, but one should not eat for luxury. Dhruva Maharaj is an Acharya and by undergoing severe austerities and penances, he teaches us how one should execute devotional service. We must carefully know the process of Dhruva Maharaja's service, how severely he passed his days will be shown in later verses. We should always remember that to become a bona fide devotee of the Lord is not an easy task. But in this age, by the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, it has been made very easy. But if we do not follow even the liberal instructions of Lord Chaitanya, how can we expect to discharge our regular duties in devotional service. It is not possible in this age to follow Dhruva Maharaj in his austerity, but the principles must be followed. We should not disregard the regulative principles given by our spiritual master, for they make it easier for the conditioned soul. As far as our ISKCON movement is concerned, we simply ask that one observe the four prohibitive rules, chant 16 rounds, and instead of indulging in luxurious eating for the tongue, simply accept prasad offered to the Lord. This does not mean that our fast our fasting, the Lord should also fast. The Lord should be give, 
foodstuff, which is as nice as possible. But we should not make it a point to satisfy our own tongues. As far as possible, we should accept simple foodstuff just to keep the body and soul together to execute devotional service. It is our duty to remember always that in comparison to Dhruva Maharaj, we are insignificant. We cannot do anything like what Dhruva Maharaj did for self-realization because we are absolutely incompetent to execute such service. But by Lord Chaitanya's mercy, we have been given all concessions possible for this age. So at least we should always remember that neglect of our prescribed duties in devotional service will not make us successful in the mission we have undertaken. It is our duty to follow in the footsteps of Dhruva Maharaj, for he was very determined. We should also be determined to finish our duties in executing devotional service in this life. We should not wait for another life to finish our job. Nama Om Vishnuvidaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Shimate Bhakti Vidanta Swamanetti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharine Nirvishesha Shanyavadi Paschachade Shatarine Om Gyanatimirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurn Militangena, does my Shri Gurvain Namaha, Shri Chaitana Manobishtan, Stapitangena Bhutale, Swayan Rupa Paramayan, Padati Swaparantikam. I'd like to humbly beg mercy and blessings of their lordships, and Srila Prabhupada, Parampara, and all the devotees to speak something Krishna conscious for our eternal benefit. And don't worry, all of you, <laughs> the Ball Gopal Prabhu will be here on Thursday, Krishna willing. He's uh, busy today with a little service this morning. And uh, so I'll be um, substituting for him can't follow him quite enough, but um, as a service, I'll be filling in, substitute um, aspiring teacher. <laughs> so uh, when uh, Prabhupada's explaining here about what Truva Maharaj is eating, it's very, uh, humble, uh, austere, these flowers. And then in the word for word, we see that um, there's also some, you know, berries too. There's a badara, the um, kapita badara. So we've got these berries. I don't know exactly how it works, if they're part of that flower or, <laughs> or what. But anyway, an uh, interesting thing is that um, uh, Badarik Ashram. This temple is called New Badarik Ashram. Prabhupada named it New Badarik Ashram when he arrived in Denver in the summer of 75. And at the airport, he got into his um, borrowed limousine <laughs> at the curbside at the old Denver airport. And he had seen the what you might call the skyline or we call the mountain line. <laughs> There are all these mountains out there in the western distance looking like the Himalayas. <laughs> so, so Prabhupada decided from the uh, presence of the Rockies to glorify them by um, naming this temple, this dam, 
new Bhadrik Ashram. The Bhadra berries <laughs> were uh, in the Himalayas, you know, Vyasadeva in his ashram in Samya Pras in, uh, in uh, the Himalayas. That's the name of the place, right? Shamikasvudu? <laughs> I think I have it right. Anyway, so there's all these um, um, butter berries, and different flowers and things. So lots of these berries. And so that's what we're finding here. So uh, sages and, um, and as we see monkeys <laughs> and uh, all living entities would uh, take um, these fruits, berries and they would um, subsist on them. Now that was hardly luxurious <laughs> as we see here. So um, Prabhupada's explaining in the purport that we take the you know, foodstuffs to keep body and soul together. So there's nice um, references in uh, Bhagavad Gita to um, taking different foodstuffs and you know, why we're doing this because you know, yoga practice is to control the mind and the senses. So in this way, we, we um, follow these um, regulations. They really help in elevating the uh, conditioned soul to goodness and then uh, to Shuddhasattva eventually. So if you have any other verses um, from the Gita, you can also add them too. So I was just looking at um, chapter six and seeing this whole uh, yogi um, prescription here, which includes the bhaktas too. And I was looking at text 15 and 16. And this is telling us how we're going to uh, control ourselves, body, mind, and activities. So 15, thus practicing constant control of the body, mind, and activities, the mystic transcendentalist, his mind regulated, attains to the kingdom of God or the abode of Krishna by the cessation of material existence. So this regulation is important and there's ways to do it. There is no possibility of one's becoming a yogi or Arjuna. If one eats too much or eats too little, sleeps too much or does not sleep enough. So we can see here that, and Prabhupada's explaining in this purport, that is eating just to keep the body and soul together. And of course, that means um, eating the remnants of food offered to Krishna. And in the purport to the 16th text of the Gita 6.16, it is best that one eat only the remnants of foodstuff offered to Krishna. A person in Krishna consciousness does not eat anything which is not first offered to Krishna. Therefore, only the Krishna conscious person can attain perfection in yoga practice. Nor can one artificially abstain from eating, manufacturing his own personal process of fasting. Abstains, let's see, sorry. Um, practice yoga. The Krishna conscious person observes fasting as it is recommended in the scriptures. He does not fast or eat more than is required. And he is thus competent to perform yoga practice. So I was just thinking how uh, Prabhupada would speak about uh, Raghunath Das Goswami. And he said, um, sometimes just one, you know, pad of butter, a little buttermilk maybe sometimes every alternate day. And uh, then Prabhupada was explaining, this was a lecture that, you know, we can't imitate this. You know, we can't be Raghunath Das Goswami. But then he did say that after practice, you know, when one advances after practice, then we can do like that. <laughs> So I don't know if this saying doing, doing like that exactly means, you know, one pat of butter or buttermilk every alternate day, but in the, in the event of um, advancing, one can uh, minimize. So that's definitely there. And, and so Prabhupada's making the point, if you're practicing and, you know, if you're advancing and it's not artificial, then you can um, 
follow in the footsteps of Raghunath Das Goswami and um, take what's required for keeping body and soul together. So he was encouraging the devotees that, yes, you just practice. You know, you just don't like jump ahead and artificially do these things, but you practice yoga and then naturally advancement comes. So that's really encouraging because um, maybe we're thinking, you know, let's do it quick. <laughs> Everything's, you know, quick, fast foods. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to be uh, advancing like on the fast food track <laughs> by um, thinking we can do everything fast. Some maybe <laughs> great souls, but mostly it's through practice and detachment, right? So in uh, the 17th chapter, we see what Krishna has to say about um, what we need to do for uh, advancing and getting to goodness via the foodstuffs. Foods dear to those in the mode of goodness increase the duration of life, purify one's existence, and give strength, health, happiness, and satisfaction. Such foods are juicy, fatty, wholesome, and pleasing to the heart. So when Prabhupada was uh, describing Raghunath Das Goswami's uh, practice, he was saying, well, it's not like, you know, Raghunath Das Goswami was taking just little butter, buttermilk, um, and then, you know, he was just like too weak to just do anything, <laughs> couldn't do his service. It, that's not the point, Prabhupada would explain. Um, point is we need to do service. So we need to eat properly and fast if we can uh, during our festival times when there's fasting in a way that we can do our service. And even Prabhupada would encourage devotees if they needed to, you know, they could take some fruits and things like that. Main idea was, principle was do your service and, uh, and remember Krishna. So that's important. And uh, we don't want to just um, fast and not be able to do our service. That's important for us. So, um, <clears throat> As we see, this uh, whole idea of taking uh, foodstuffs is um, to honor prasad. So we want to advance in our consciousness so that what we're doing is we're uh, taking foodstuffs as a service to please Krishna and Guru, because Guru is pleased when the devotees are honoring Prasadam and happy and satisfied in that activity, that service. So we want to be able to uh, advance in our consciousness so that we can uh, engage in even eating and feasting, like on Gorpurnima, in, in the right consciousness. So certainly um, Dhruva Maharaj, his consciousness at first was, you know, determination to get this kingdom grand kingdom and, you know incomparable kingdom <laughs> so uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, minimize like Dhruva minimized I mean one month he's just every a third day he's taking these um, you know these fruits and berries these very austere um flowers and fruits that are there in the forest, just usually the monkeys take. <laughs> so uh, just wanted to read a little bit more about how we want to become purified. See, we want to follow in the footsteps of Drew Maharaj. We, we can't be, you know, imitating him, doing what he did. Uh, that's rather extraordinary, but, you know, we can take up the principle principle of um, following the order of the spiritual master and uh, taking up austerities according to instructions of the spiritual master and not taking up austerities artificially and just, you know, due to our own sort of mental you know, concoction of what my austerities are going to be. Because sometimes devotees would um, decide that they were going to chant a certain number of rounds and then uh, but 
you know, they would say, well, Prabhupada chanting this number of rounds, maybe 32, whatever, 64, whatever it was. And then depending on the situation and the devotee, Prabhupada would say, no, I want you to chant 16 and then you're going to be doing service and preaching all day and this is what I want for you. He might have said other things to other devotees so he could increase their chanting. And like the Krishna Das Babaji Maharaj, a disciple of Sri Bhakti Saraswati Thakur, um, he would just chant all day. I mean, he was so advanced. And some of the devotees, disciples in the Mott were not like understanding his level of advancement. And sometimes they would ask Sri you know, well, can we do this? You know, he's doing that. And why, why do we have to be going out and, you know, preaching and doing all these austerities. <laughs> Can't we just sit here and <laughs> do like he is? And uh, so I suppose some of them were given the opportunity to try, but they couldn't do it. And uh, basically, you know, Shubhakti Sananth is explaining, you know, he can do it. <laughs> He's on that level. You, you're not there yet. So what we're trying to do, we're not trying to, you know, be Dhruva. <laughs> We're trying to see, you know, what are the principles that he took up from Narada Muni's instructions? You know, how do we put that into our life? And we don't have to speculate on it. Because as Prabhupada's explaining in this purport, Lord Chaitanya has already given us the practice for Kali Yuga. What we're supposed to do in order to follow in Dhruva Maharaj's footsteps in order to be determined to be you know, steering in, in a proper way. This is already given in Lord Chaitanya's formula that's presented by Shiva Prabhupada. So no speculation needed. You know, we don't have to be artificial about uh, undergoing um, the austerities that are there. There's always some kind of austerities in life, even for materialists. There's lots of austerities. Right? But their goal is different. So austerities are meant, you know, to please Krishna, to um, ultimately, you know, like austerities of mind and all these things, ultimately to get us to the point of, of loving Krishna and being able to, you know, share Krishna consciousness, to be able to do good for others. So this is what we want to do. Now, Dhruva wasn't thinking like that at first. You know, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, for the good of the whole world and universe and spread, you know, love of God. <laughs> but of course, eventually he gets the mercy because look what he did, you know. He was, he was like really determined and, and he did follow eventually the instructions given by Narada. So in the um, 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, text 51 to 53, we get some idea of uh, this whole situation that Dhruva was in and these sages are in when they undergo purification. Being purified by his intelligence and controlling the mind with determination, giving up the objects of sense gratification, being freed from attachment and hatred, one who lives in a secluded place, who eats little, who controls his body, mind, and power of speech, who is always in trance, and who is detached, free from false ego, false strength, false pride, lust, anger, and acceptance of material things, free from false proprietorship and peaceful. Such a person is certainly elevated to the position of self-realization. So, um, this is uh, how to, you know, get up there, get up there to goodness. <laughs> um, how to get freed from attachment to sense gratification, freed from hatred, all these unwanted things in the heart. So then in the purport, Prabhupada said, he does not eat more than what he requires. And he controls the activities of body and mind. No false ego. So this is, Dhruva's going to have to get um, purified of false ego. <laughs> so, uh, and we do, some of us, <laughs> I'm going to speak for myself. 
We want to get rid of the false ego and uh, have no bodily concept. Therefore, get rid of this proud mentality. So the Chetriyas, we know, like Druva's grown up as a Chetriya. There's a lot of pride, you know, in Chetriya Bhav and the mood, you know, very much. You have to have like this stance <laughs> for everybody to follow you, you know, you can't be um, just dragging around and, um, and not presenting a, a, a rather sort of externally proud um, lion-like mood. <laughs> For, for being a Chetriya and lead the, lead the land, lead the people. So uh, in order to get freed from all this, I mean, Narada Muni, he knows exactly how to help Druva, you know, get into the right mood. You know, engage his determination for austerity and all that. Okay, he's really engaging it nicely and guiding him to eventually get to a platform where he's um, thinking, wow, I'm not really interested in the kingdom. I mean, I really want pure devotional service, right? So all these um, rules and regulations, they're meant to bring us to that platform. Just like uh, Prabhupada would explain that, you know, we have these rules and regulations as he's explaining in his purport. And and this is meant to help us become gentle. <laughs> so uh, sometimes Prabhupada would say, my disciples are ladies and gentlemen, or at least that's what they should become. So we're thinking, oh, it's, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> but, you know, in some age, to be a gentleman would mean, you know, you open up the stagecoach door for the ladies first <laughs> or something. And then the ladies, you know, curtsy to the queen. Anyway, so there's all these external ways of being genteel and, um, you know, <laughs> following etiquette. But uh, what Prabhupada was talking about, you know, gentlemen, who, who's a gentleman? Well, they, they follow these principles or regulative principles, they glorify the Lord. You know, they learn how to get off the false ego platform and, um, and then become satisfied in devotional service. I mean, this is, this is a real gentleman and a real lady. So Prabhupada was speaking like that, that they're, they're following. Regulations are following principles, and therefore they are ladies and gentlemen. And this is what the world needs to see. They need to see that example. You know, speaks quite loudly. <laughs> A lot of devotees, you know, in their situations in life, they may not even have, have anything to say at the workforce or at school or amongst certain relatives or friends, anything so-called to say about, you know, Krishna philosophy and <laughs> presenting Bhagavad Gita, they may just loudly present their example as ladies and gentlemen following rules and regulations and being so, you know, devotional. The, the people pick up on it and they see this person is of high caliber <laughs> in the sense of qualities, higher qualities and goodness and um, exhibiting uh, qualities that they, that they don't see in the run of the mill world. So this is very important. Prabhupada wants us to become ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Usually he would say boys and girls, <laughs> but um, this is what he expected of the boys and the girls. <laughs> and like he's saying here, it's not like we're going to do what Druva did per se, you know, exactly what he did. No, 
we're following Lord Chaitanya's program. And the reason is because, you know, these austerities that Dhruva was performing were not for the ordinary souls who call it yuga. There's other kinds of austerities for Kalyuga that are relatively, you could say, easy to perform. So sometimes we would hear that, oh, you know, it's not a Krishna consciousness, it's not easy, or at least not easy for the complicated. And then we would hear it is easy, it's so easy, you know. So what is this not easy, so easy? Well, like Prabhupada's saying here, it's not so easy sometimes to become perfect disciple of a bona fide spiritual master. But in Kaluga, Lord Chaitanya has specifically made it easy for the souls, conditioned souls, because they need it to be that way, right? And also it's Lord Chaitanya's desire to just open up that storehouse of love of God and just pour it out. You know, all this Raj praying, just pour it out. That, that's his desire. So in that way, his, his desire makes it easy. And yet it won't be easy unless we take up the instructions of the spiritual master. Like Prabhupada said, you gotta be ladies and gentlemen. So that means you have to follow, you have to follow the principles, you have to follow the regulations, don't disregard them. And um, it's rather simple when you think about it compared to other agents for austerity. And um, so that's why um, we, we really revere Dhruva Maharaj's example. We don't imitate it. Prabhupada says here, we, in comparison to Dhruva Maharaj, we are insignificant. Now that's important for us to understand how to genuinely feel insignificant as servants of the servants of the servants of the servants of Krishna's servants. <laughs> And uh, to know, you know, hey, we can't do it like Dhruva did. But we can become competent to execute the instructions that Srila Prabhupada and his representatives are giving us. And that is how we follow Dhruva Maharaj. In other words, we practice so that we can get determined to follow these principles that are given for this home, for devotees, for anyone really in this age should follow these principles. And that, that's going to help them to rise above you know, the lower modes that are really oppressing them, causing them so much suffering. And so um, all these concessions have been given by Lord Chaitanya. Sometimes devotees say the expression of getting Prabhupada's disciples in through the back door <laughs> into the spiritual world is, is really the whole idea of Lord Chaitanya giving so many concessions, so much mercy pouring out the storehouse. This is kind of like, wow, couldn't be easier. You know, you just can't get in the front door of Goloka. You know, somehow or other you're gonna get in, even if it's the back door. So um Prabhupada's helping us here to remember, you know, don't get complacent. Uh, he said, at least we should always remember that neglect of our prescribed duties and devotional service will not make us successful in the mission we have undertaken. So therefore, he's saying it's our duty to follow in the footsteps of Druva. But he's just explained to us how we're supposed to do that.
Now, if we didn't have this purport, you know, we might think we needed to get a buy an airline ticket to, you know, Delhi and then travel up to the Himalayas and or go to Mahavan and Vrindavan and practice, you know, these austerities that Druva practice. You know, we might be thinking, well, hey, that's what it says here. That's what I'm going to do. But, you know, Prabhupada's given us the purports. Explain to us, this is how you follow in the footsteps. Don't imitate, follow in the footsteps as explained by the spiritual master, as explained by uh, our founder Acharya, is founder Acharya, Sri Prabhupada, and all great Acharyas recommend um, that we follow these regulations and principles for coming to goodness. And um, so we followed Dhruva because what was it that he manifested that's so important for us? Well, it's, it's uh, this determination for one thing. He's showing us determination. And yeah, it's explained, Prabhupada explains in a purport in Gita, I don't know exactly which one, but that due to sense gratification, maybe for so many lifetimes, right? Unlimited lifetimes, and, and in this lifetime, perhaps for some of us, so much sense gratification that it's really hard to be determined. So we see the importance of giving up sense gratification because it gets in the way of the determination. And Druva is an example of fixed Druva determination. So you see how important it is to um, get the blessings of the spiritual master to have that determination. Otherwise, there's not success in the mission. And we may think, well, you know, that's just that mission I'm leading my life. No, your life, our life, my life won't be successful unless we follow like this. Someone may think, well, you know, I'm, I'm not in this con. I mean, I don't have that mission. I mean, that's not what I'm doing. You know, I'm not like a Chaitanya. Well, you're in the material world and you're in a human body and this is your duty, your mission to become Bodhi of the Lord and execute devotion, pure devotional service. That's, that's what you're supposed to be doing because that's who you are, right? You're not a conditioned soul. So we need to follow Druva to learn about this determination and why? I mean, why do we need this determination? Well, you do need determination, like Prabhupada's saying here, to finish our duties in executing devotional service in this life. Why? Because Prabhupada's saying we, we shouldn't wait until the next life, right? Finish it up now. This is what he's saying, instructing, finish up now. I mean, Kali Yuga is like procrastination age, and we all may have experienced that or still experience it. Like, do it tomorrow, <laughs> or don't do it at all. <laughs> or you're thinking, well, let's see, it's been, uh, it's been about a year here with this pandemic, and like right before the pandemic started, I had this idea that I needed to do this. Well, a year later, I might be thinking, oh, I never even did it. And a whole year went by, procrastinated a whole year. <laughs> so anyway, um, we need to finish up, Prabhupada's saying, and, and we may think, oh, no, no, you know, that's impossible. Well, we already heard about this word impossible. <laughs> See, nothing's impossible for Lord Chaitanya, nothing. <laughs> Unless he wants to say, you know, something's impossible for him, but then it becomes possible. So um, we have to be following uh, Lord Chaitanya's 
um, representatives so that their shakti, their mercy, empowerment will give us what we need to do the, what seems pretty impossible, like one lifetime. <laughs> so if we're like really learning about this mood of Dhruva, determination and how he becomes humbled to you know to a spiritual master and his consciousness becomes really like purified so if we become determined to do that and you know get the mercy of the devotees and spiritual master then um what seems impossible to finish up and be successful in this mission and help the general you know world mission of spreading krishna consciousness and you can do by the mercy and blessings of spiritual master and Lord Chaitanya. You, know, you just have to be like instruments. That's not like I'm going to do it because of my own, um, you know, determination that just is my determination. <laughs> just pray to the spiritual master and Lord Chaitanya. There mercy, the determination that comes from them can manifest for their pleasure so that I can serve you and follow as Dhruva did and please the Parampara, please Narda Muni like Dhruva did, and please Srila Prabhupada. So I'm going to stop here if there's any questions or comments or anything to add. Uh, Mother Nidra, I have a question. But if a senior devotee wants to go first, I can wait. Go right ahead, Prabhu. Uh, so, uh, Mother Nidra, thank you very much. Uh, uh, please accept my humble obeisance as all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your um, uh, wonderful class, as usual. And my question is related to the following passage. From the purport, um, and I quote: um, "It is our duty to follow in the footsteps of Dhruva Maharaj, for he was very determined. We should also be determined to finish our duties in executing devotional service in this life." We should not wait for another life to finish our job, uh, end quote. So uh, Mataji, um, uh, as a brief introduction to my question, if I may, I need to say the following. Um, uh, this, this concept of determination, it, it, it reminds me of uh, the following concept. Uh, uh, determination means that some, something that we have started, we should finish uh, a, 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 as perfectly as possible and as soon as possible. So here the recommendation of Srila Prabhupada is for us to disentangle ourselves from material conditioning and go back home, back to Godhead in this very lifetime. Just finish the job uh, and, and for that, we, we, we need determination. Uh, so uh, when I say that it will, the concept of determination, it reminds me of uh, the need of finishing what I have started. Uh, what comes to my mind is the following, um, uh, the, the following image, the following picture. I'm trying to finish my job, but someone is trying to create impediments against the finishing of my job. So my question is, uh, who is there on the path of my determination to uh, saying that, no, 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 you want to finish your job, but I won't let you do it. Uh, like testing me in order to evaluate the qualification of my determination and uh, things of, of the sort. Is it that Krishna, uh, I will find Krishna on the path uh, of my determination testing me? Uh, is it that I will find Maya Devi testing me? 
Is it that um, uh, 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 old age, disease, uh, fear of death will be there on the path uh, trying to, uh, to uh, create impediments against my determination? Or is it that the path of determination in relation to going back home, back to Godhead, is free from impediments? Just chanting, dancing, feasting, and then and then the job uh, uh, will be finished before my death. Uh, if I may ask, that, that is my question, please. Thanks, Guru. So you're welcome. So um, the devotee practicing is in the hands of Radhan Govinda, your Ishtadev Gornitai. Uh, you're in the hands of your uh, beloved Lord and, and uh, Srimati Radharani. So they know what we need in our service. You know, they orchestrate so many so-called obstacles, so-called impediments on the path. <laughs> it, it seems like that to us, just to help us to become purified. And so they, they know what it is that we need to um, become pure devotees. So in that way, we see, um, just like Prabhupada would say, failure is the pillar of success. So along the way, there may be some failures, like they say, you know, you may lose a few battles, but uh, you'll win the war. <laughs> on Krishna's side. So, so that's it, we're on Krishna's side. Some of the battles we may lose along the way may seem like big, big obstacles, but that's what we need. Krishna knows what we need to um, become uh, completely purified. Everybody's situation is, is different but uh, Krishna knows the exact details that we need. You know, he'll take the kind of like the residue of our um, past uh, sinful activities and um, we get sort of a t what they call token karma or Krishna karma. And that may seem like a big, you know, obstacle to us, but it's just something that we need to encounter to uh, become a pure devotee. We may not understand it in the beginning. It may seem like, you know, somebody who's the instrument to help purify us may seem like someone in the way. Oh, you know, you're in the way and they say, uh, you know, you're not gonna be able to do this. We don't want you to do this. So if we're surrendered to um, our spirits master and Krishna, we will pray to be the instrument. And sometimes that may mean that we might even stop what we're doing. It's up to them, right? Sometimes Prabhupada would give an instruction, Bodhi would start following it. It might seem like it was impossible, but they thought, okay, I'll try. And then it seems like uh, maybe a God brother or God sister or someone, anybody seems to be getting in the way and saying, you know, no, you're not going to do this. And um, so we may think, oh, wow, this person is in the way. Um, but if we're uh, surrendering to the spiritual master and Krishna with the idea of being the instrument, our determination to do something won't be based on our speculation about, you know, how it should go. Like maybe we need to stop in the middle of the project and turn around into another direction, according to how the spiritual master and Lord Chaitanya want us to do it. You know, we started one way and then we have to turn around and, and do it another way. So many so-called impediments and obstacles along the way are there to help us 
They're gonna be our little pillars of success. And the completion of our service, we may have an idea of what we think is the completion, but what we wanna do is we wanna to pray to the Lord to be the instrument in the completing of the service because our um, mental kind of idea of how it should be completed may be actually different from what the spiritual master and the Lord want, you see. So that's the point, just trying to be the instrument, seeing we're in Krishna's hands, seeing that this is, um, everything is, is there to help me to become a purified devotee. See Krishna's hand in everything. Oh, this is Krishna's hand in this. So let me not take it as a, you know, impossible obstacle, but take it as something to help um, give me impetus to try to be a better instrument. So that's a few thoughts. I'm sure you might have some as well. Uh, oh, Mother Nidra, <laughs> um, uh, I liked it when you said that, well, what I take from your answer, wonderful answer, very complete answer, is that uh, there is no difference between ideal determination, determination in the mood of pure goodness, um, and uh, accepting the role of, of the ideal instrument. Uh, um, um, am I right? Um, is it that uh, ideal determination is the same as um, accepting the role of being the ideal instrument? Yes, it's uh, the determination is one of those um, tools you could say for the um, for accomplishing ideal. Um, devotional service as an instrument. Yeah, so the determination, we need to be um, determined in goodness, um, determination that's, um, like you say, ideal. Yeah, yes, Madam Nidra, uh, I do not know how to thank you for such a, a wonderful um, answer. Uh, uh, well, I say thank you very much, Hare Krishna. Thank you. Yeah, I thank uh, Srila Prabhupada and Lord Chaitanya for giving us these answers. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, it's what's making this uh, so-called easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier because of yes. their mercy. <laughs> making the walking uh, much, much, much easier. Yeah, and then when we're walking, you know, and there's thorns, you know, we may think, oh, you know, these thorns are like such an impediment for my parikrama around Govardhan Hill. I just, you know, forget it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the thorns, um, you know, are there to uh, give us um, impetus. Oh, okay. Wow, that was great purification. Now I feel even more purified to pray more to be an instrument. <laughs> of course. And <laughs> uh, um, giving welcome to the thorns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we, we're saying pillar of success, you know, welcome anything that comes along your way that is there in your path because it's it, everything's, you know, in Krishna's hands and it's all meant for um, making, um, well, pleasing Krishna and Guru. Yeah. Thank you, Mother Mitra. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anything else from anybody? Any other questions yeah, or comments? Hi, Krishna Guru. Yeah, your, your, um, your answer. Reminded me of a um, purport in the Bhagavad Gita in chapter three. Uh, Krishna says, Therefore, Arjuna, surrendering all your works unto me with full knowledge of me, without desires for profit, with no claims to proprietorship, and free from lethargy, fight, 
So just in relationship to this point that Vijay Krishna Prabhu is bringing up about determination, Prabhupada says, he uses military terms often. He'll say things like um, <clears throat> Krishna consciousness is, he would compare it to declaring war against the illusory energy. And, um, and then in this verse, he talks about military discipline. He says, this verse clearly <clears throat> indicates the purpose of the Bhagavad Gita. The Lord instructs that one has to become fully Krishna conscious <clears throat> to discharge duties as if in military discipline. Such an injunction may make things a little difficult. Nevertheless, duties must be carried out with dependence on Krishna, because that is the constitutional position of the living entity. The living entity cannot be happy independent of the cooperation of the Supreme Lord, because the eternal constitutional position of the living entity is to become subordinate to the desires of the Lord. And then at the end, Prabhupada says in the purport, and if there's any reluctance to execute such a stern order, meaning, um, yes, surrendering unto Krishna, which is without consideration of so-called kinsmen in the bodily relationship, that reluctance should be thrown off. In this way, one, become, one may become vigata jwara, or without feverish mentality or lethargy. Everyone, according to his quality and position, has a particular type of work to discharge. And all such duties may be discharged in Krishna consciousness as described above. That will lead one to the path of liberation. So I just like this point regarding this theme about duties must be carried out as in military discipline with dependence on Krishna. And then regarding prasadam, you were talking a little bit about diet. There were some references of prasadam and not imitating just, you know, the Goswamis. This morning on the altar, Prabhupada was saying how um, in Krishna consciousness, it, our, our practice is such that even by going to the store and working and making money, we can be fully absorbed in dhyan and meditation in the sense that we're thinking, how can I get this for Krishna? So he was saying how it's so important that one begins their day. Um, he, would, he shared about his own life. Uh, we would wake up, ring the bell, wake the deities with some mantras, tend to the deities, dress them, make an offering and then go to work. And then even while going to work, one is then making money to serve the deities. So I, I thought this point was really nice. And then he said, um, a devotee is thinking, a devotee is Brahmana, meaning how can I distribute prasadam to thousands of people? And whereas Kripana mentality is thinking, how can I just eat for myself? So I was just appreciating your example, how you're, when you see the Maha Prasadam, you're always thinking, how, who can I distribute this to? <laughs> Whereas I can even see myself, oh, I want to get that sandesh for myself. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, how can I get that sandesh and distribute it to the devotees and to, to guests? So this is such a nice uh, way to appreciate that point of prasadam. One other point too, regarding Vijay Krishna's point, there may be some reference, I can't exactly say when and where, but some reference where Prabhupada says that when one that Maya Maya's service, she's Krishna's devotee. So she wants to make sure that no one is going to bother Krishna. So then for a devotee, when they see these obstacles and challenges come, especially in the Nartamavriti stage, we can see it that it's a way to refine and purify ourselves so that when we approach Krishna, we're not bothering Krishna. And so Maya, Maya is kind of like filtering out. Are you are you serious? Are you determined? Do you want to go to Krishna? And Satyanandan Swami, in one of his introductions of uh, one of his uh, books on the holy names, he says, when one takes that step to go towards Krishna, Maya will come with all her force. She comes with all her force to see if the devotee is determined to serve Krishna or if it was just kind of lip service or just a gesture of sentiment. So, um, yeah, just a few reflections on those points. Uh, oh, no, Tusta Prabhu, Nidra Mataji, if I may, Tusta Prabhu, thank you very much for your wonderful contributions. Uh, uh, um, very helpful. But uh, I need, uh, it, yes, we are already eight minutes past the regular time, but still I need from you, uh, and I do not mind if you give me just one word. What do you mean? When you say, what is the meaning of the expression you just used? Um, uh, and it was, 
to make sure that we are not going there to uh, to uh, uh, to bother Krishna, uh, bothering Krishna. What well, uh, what is the meaning of this expression, uh, bothering Krishna? How, how it would be possible for us to to be bothering against Krishna? Can you can you say? Uh, yeah, meaning that meaning that in order to, for example, in the world in the worldly sense. Let's say you're meeting a very important dignitary, a queen or a king or just anyone, just a very important dignitary. And have we prepared ourselves clearly of how we're going to spend that 10 or 15 minutes with that person? Or are we just wanting to enjoy the experience and just, you know, take up the time of that dignitary? Or are we showing up with real, with real clarity of what we want to present, what we want to ask and really honoring the time that that dignitary is giving us now of course with krishna as you said he's not affected he's 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 swarat he's fully independent and at the same time as we approach krishna just like again in the worldly sense a dignitary are we showing up with um yeah are, are we showing up with the right mannerism and the right uh, protocol um or are we just wanting to enjoy the experience of being with that dignitary just to say I'm with them out of set out of sentiment so that's just one thing that came to my mind that you know we we really want to show Krishna that we're serious and for example the word disciple we take initiation and then we say I'm a disciple of Prabhupada I'm a disciple of so-and-so Maharaj I'm a, a disciple of this spiritual master and so are we showing up with discipline are, are we you know, disciple means discipline, or are we just enjoying the experience of being connected just out of sentiment? Anyways, that's just one angle, maybe some others. Oh, 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 Tushta Prabhu, wonderful, wonderful answer, wonderful help. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hi. Thanks so much, uh, devotees. And uh, we'll end here. All glories to Srimad Bhagavatam and all glories to Srimad Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Nidra Mata Jikija. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. My Facebook friend. Hare Krishna. Mother Brinda, can you hear me? Mother Brinda, yesterday you said, oh, I need more answers to, to your question related to being bold. Just let me tell you this. Uh, uh, go far, uh, uh, extremely bold. Go far. And, I will, 